When are we going to get some Medicaid getting up in there buying that weed, man? You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. I'm being baked. I'm being baked like a cake. Smoke weed every day. We have blunts here. I've never done a blunt. I'd do one. Wow. I am really high. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl till he's sick. Bowl after bowl dot com. You can't. You definitely can't. Oh, I think you can. Uh, If you really, really want to. Hey, thanks for hanging out. Another Token Tuesday. And you are in the bowl. That's right, that's right. It is August 3rd, 2021. This is episode 97 of Bowl After Bowl. Bowls just keep coming. I'm Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. The most beautiful young people you've ever seen. And on my lap, of course, is the Wolf Cub Baby John. Oh yes, back by popular demand. Yeah. He's been here the whole time he's been here. That's right. That's right. Little John. Little wolf cub John. Yeah. He's still in the third, wait, the fourth trimester you said last week. Yep. Yep. Three months after he's born, it's what we like to call the fourth trimester. Oh, that makes sense. Still just needs mom pretty much 24-7. Oh, yeah. As you can hear. He's getting more vocal with it. Getting more vocal with it. He's a loud mouth. His dad. He's a loud mouth. Sometimes you have to sleep with earplugs in because of him, huh? I do. I do that sometimes, yeah. I grab them and I pop them in there. <laughs> yeah, and you mumble something, something, dang baby. Yeah, the joys. <laughs> the joys. They're really joys. Well, you know, before we get too deep into the bowl, we always like to thank all the people that put it together. Uh, we call them the bowlers. They are the producers of the show, because we operate on the infamous value-for-value model. We put it out there for your pleasure, week after week, bowl after bowl, sometimes a couple in a week, depending on if we can get a bud to sit down with us for Bulls with Buds and find the time, everybody find the time. We're busy, our buds are busy, but uh, crank those out every once in a great while, uh, semi-regularly, maybe a couple a month. All of that is for you to enjoy, to listen to, you the bowler. And uh, we just ask one simple proposition. If you got value from it, give value back to it. And you can do that in so many ways. We call it time, talent, and treasure. You can put your time into making a clip, making an ISO. Uh, We have a few bowlers that have done that for us in the past. Spark one up. And uh, you can also call in on our voice line. This is an interactive show. Voicemail line. Uh, We talk about a different topic every week. The first time I ever did whatever. Come up with a new one. This week it's the first time I ever rode a roller coaster. So uh, that is probably the easiest way to give back value and participate. All you got to do is pick up your phone and... Call 816-607. Three six six three, and the play of 
right. I got my my bit going here for the bull after bull song. Uh, you could call in, leave a voicemail if you're voice shy. You can also text the text line. The voicemail line is a text line also. 816-607-3663. We'll get you there anytime, night, or day. Uh, thank you to those who gave their treasure. There's also many ways to do that. All of them at varying level of convenience and accessibility. I guess the easiest way is the old school way to send us a little bit of cuck bucks on the old PayPal or Rooney. And uh, this week, Lavish did just that. Woo. The donation of 1414. Thank you, sir. Woo. And uh, there is a note. He said, Buck Bucks coming at you, Lavish. <laughs> Thanks, Lavish. I don't know if he meant cuck bucks. Buck Bucks. Buck Bucks. <laughs> or Luck Bucks. But at any rate, they did make it through the PayPal Rooney. Thank you, sir. Uh, we also get sats, streaming sats, value for value. This is the podcast, podcasting 2.0 value for value infrastructure we're talking about, where you can use a variety of different apps to stream little pieces of Bitcoin known as Satoshis to the show. You can do it in the Sphinx chat app. Uh, where C-Mike came through earlier tonight with about 45,000 sats. Thank you, sir. And uh, C-Mike, he's, uh, he's there in the uh, chat. He's not really having it work out for him uh, so well, which I've heard here and there. It's um, it's very early development of the, of the app, and I know that they've been retooling their Android app from the ground up, building it in native... Uh, the native Android app, rather than I can't remember what the earlier one was. So that's a work in progress. Um, I see your boost there, Net Ned. You just boosted us a thousand. Thank you, thank you. It's always Thanks, a great time. Mike. Thanks, Net Ned. Always a great time to boost during the donation segment. If you're boosting in the uh, Sphinx chat, then we can kind of see who you are and give you credit for it. Um, you can also pick a fake name and be anonymous in there. You can pick. Any name you want for any tribe. So you can have multiple personalities across different tribes if you so wish. Uh, you can check all that out at sphinx.chat to get set up. You can get them. I, I think they've got all the apps now. they got a Windows, a Mac, an iOS, an Android. So that's always in development. We love feedback. If you're not getting your messages through, which I'm seeing a lot of messages tonight in the Windows app that I have pulled up now, but... If you're not getting your messages through for whatever reason, feel free to email me, Spencer at bowlafterbowl.com. And uh, there's other apps you can use to stream sats. Uh, there's more all the time, in fact. Uh, Fountain is the newest one. And uh, they've actually reached out to me via email to introduce themselves. They might have done that for everybody who has a value tag. I'm not sure. Um, but... They're going to have a little uh, contest of taking clips, like a clip-pulling contest. So I told them that uh, it sounded fun to me, and I'd be willing to participate in the little clippy contest if they give me more details. So I'm awaiting more details, but uh, that should be fun, right? Fountain is a new app, and it right now it's only available on iOS. There's a wait list for Android, but supposedly the Android version's dropping later this month. So yet another way to stream sats in a little app. I'm excited to check it out. I am obviously can't yet because I don't have an iOS device, but 
Once it comes out, I'll give it a shot. Uh, Breeze is the one I use the most on my phone. Uh, Breeze is a good app to stream sats with. Uh, Podfriend also allows you to do this. And CurioCaster on the web is honestly, as far as experience goes and uh, capabilities go, that one is my favorite. It's got chapters built in and a tab that are really easy to find. It's got transcripts that you can scroll through and... Uh, Depending on where your marker is in the episode, it will highlight the part of the transcript you're in. It's just very cool uh, all around. Messages with your boosts too, right? That's right. So you can hold down the boost button to send a boost message. Um, and I think that a thousand is the minimum for a boost message, a thousand sets, but you can send a message along. With that, I'm still testing to try and figure out how to read that message on my end. So uh, if anybody wants to help me test, do that at curiocaster.com and uh, do the boost messages. And yeah, that's a fantastic uh, product. Fantastic. Uh, Stephen Bell's the developer there. He was on the last episode of Podcasting 2.0, episode 48. And he mentioned my name, so I had to mention his name. Stephen <laughs> Bell. Uh, he was actually, f it seemed like he was flirting with the idea of being if not a host directly, then maybe uh, having an RSS, uh, kind of an RSS controller or an RSS client. I don't know how you say it. Basically something that will allow you to create and manipulate your RSS feed through his app, which would be really cool for all the custom stuff that you'd like to do with your podcasting 2.0 compliant RSS feed. And... Um, it's definitely something that excited me when I heard it because, as you know, if you listen to the show, I've had some problems kind of getting the hosting thing uh, to where I want it. No no host really provides everything I want, or if they do, their pricing scheme is either outrageous or it doesn't really work for us. Um, so, all exciting stuff. Thank you, everybody, for the value for value. Thanks, bowlers. And, uh, yeah, here, where is it? I know I've got one. Thank you for the value for value. There you go. Thank you for the value for value. And, uh, for the rest of you mooching, I always want to remind you the first rule. First rule of being a smoker is it's bad manners to keep bumming all the damn time. At the very least, we ask that you would pass the bowl if you're enjoying the bowl. Pass it on to a friend who might enjoy it as well. And the next time you are passing bowls, maybe think of us and pass that bowl as well. Always pass the bowl. That's right. Oh, we had a fun week. Very busy week. Very busy. Very oh. fun. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, you just spit it right back at me. And we had a great KC meetup. and It was epic, really. So many kids there, first off. I think we hit like 20 kids, was it? Something like that? At least. Um, it was a little, probably over that. Yeah, there are more kids slated because some people brought family members and friends and they brought their kids right there's a huge playground right next to the shelter that you reserved yep so the kids just went loose yeah it was hard to count them because they never stood still in, in any one given spot for at any amount of time so we couldn't really get an accurate count on the kids they were just running here and there and everywhere like i said in my uh, meetup report damn near 33 of them damn near it was very close um yeah it was fantastic and douche bar brought some brisket that was just out of this world. He had this smoked brisket, and then he made the burnt ends, just 
the absolute right way. And then the fat that you trim off the brisket, he kept in the smoker, and he made what he called brisket bacon out of it, which is just this, like, charred, delicious, barky fat chunks that melted in your mouth when you put them <laughs> in. Oh, my goodness. It was ridiculous. Ridiculous. Dangerously good. And then, of course, the uh, your butt's been wiped. My butt been wiped! Yeah, you had the three pork I, butts you I brought. I had the triple threat, yes. Perfect. I know, I had, I had three pork butts, and then all the meat eventually got eaten, but everybody seemed to be slowing down, and then I was kind of at this point where I was like, should I shred another one up? Should I pull it out? Should I, is, are people stopping because they're full or because it ran out of meat? Or, But then everybody was kind of slowing down, and then I got pulled in another direction. This is another thing that's so great about the meetups. It's like I brought my camcorder, I brought the DSLR, and I brought the drone. Because I was like, oh, we'll get some pictures, we'll get some video, we'll get this and that. And really, I just got all caught up in just yammering with people in these great conversations that I didn't I didn't take a single picture. Not even, I didn't even take a picture on my phone. I took zero pictures at the meetup, which is just ridiculous. I kind of feel goofy about it, but... Yeah. Uh, you just get, like, you just get to talking. It's a theme the Kansas City meetups. No pictures. <laughs> right. Now, the big story was we planned this whole get-together uh, get for uh, Dave, Dave Fugazzato, who was uh, famously stuck in Saudi Arabia for a long time because of lockdowns, because of travel restrictions and all the coof nonsense. So he was finally back in the States, I think in June is when he made it back. And then we wanted to do one in July, and... Whatever reason we had scheduling conflicts with the Duke uh, in the early July, and then we figured out uh, finally July thirty first. Okay, it's cool, it's groovy, we are good to go. I think it, we had like six weeks heads up, and the Duke gets in touch with me, messages me Thursday before the meetup, and he's like, "I have some bad news." Uh, like the beginning of the messages, I have some bad news. So you can always see like the first few words when it pops up, and. Uh, uh. I was just like, oh, no, man. Like, I just figured another scheduling conflict. And I opened the message. Turns out he got the coof. He got the posi test for the coof So it was a breakthrough case, which at the time he messaged me, he was like, uh, I guess I'm special because I'm a breakthrough case. And I was like, well, you know, I've been hearing a lot about these breakthrough cases. I don't know. I don't know exactly how rare they are at this point. And, uh course by now we know that uh it seems to not be so rare not be so rare indeed everybody's all the cool kids are getting the breakthrough cases it seems like mm. uh see mike asks damn were my photos the only ones uh i believe so yep pretty, oh, yeah. i'm pretty see sure mike coming through with the photos see mike did document the event and the Duke was able to video conference in also thanks to C-Mike setting up yes, all thanks to his C-Mike. laptop and his hot spot. So that was fantastic. And we got to kind of talk to Fugazato. I want to say it again, Fugazato. Uh, he did a part of the meetup report where he left his own um, little message and he said his name Fugazato. And it's, I've just always heard Fukuzoto over all these years on No Agenda because it's just, you know, it gets read by 
uh, Adam and John. And I guess it's Fugazato, not Fugazoto. So now I'm going to have to train myself, retrain myself the pronunciation. Um, But yeah, you learn. That's that's the great thing about the No Agenda Meetups, man. You just learn about it. You learn about different things, like uh, how to say people's names properly. I love it. And we finally got your dad to come to the meetup. We did. We did get the old man out there. Which is good for him. Yes. Meeting new people or doing something other than... It's just his regular routine, you know? Something different. Something to shake it up. Something to change it up. Yeah, and how can you beat Kansas City Barbecue? You can't. Yeah, you can't. Absolutely. It's like uh, impossible to do. Yeah, can't. Best food on the planet, really. Oh, man. And we brought so many different sauces... Yeah. And the one that really stood out to me was this test batch from Spice and Foods. That was a good oh, one. Oh, man. I hope it's more than a test batch. I hope they make a run with it or that I can get my hands on it somehow because it was so good. So good. You want to, I guess, hear the meter report? We could we could just play it. Yeah, sure. These why things, not? These things, I make them and then they only get played, you know, like one time. And I'm like, hey, yeah. Like a one-time use, like a like yeah. a dirty napkin or something. Here, here's my dirty napkin for you. Please rise for the Duke of America's Heartland and the Arabian Peninsula. <coughs> Excuse me. In the morning, this is Sir Dave Fugazato. I had a great time virtually hearing the grievances of my loyal Heartlanders, sipping a tepid spindrift grapefruit sparkling water, and watching producers from all around the Kansas City area enjoy the huge spread of delicious chow while I was quarantined in my home. Thanks to Sir Spencer and Sir C. Mike for setting up the video connection so I could attend the meetup without contaminating anyone with my pestilence. Thank you for your courage. From North Kansas City, where it may sound like a PBS studio, but I promise you, we're actually out at the park. This is Matt. It's Sir Spencer. You know, the spooks over at Google scrambled the location to our meetup, and uh, they gave our Duke the coof, but we still had a great time and a great feast. Fit for the round table. Dame DeLorean here. There are damn near 33 human resources at the KC meetup. We are making babies. Don't eat me, pork. This is Seth. The dude named Ben named... Dude named Ben named Ben. Yeah, now I messed it up. And I'm triggered. Anyway, in the morning. This is Sir Baronet John Helmer at the KC Meetup. John, would you please renew your ham license? Hey, John and Adam, this is Sir C. Mike. It is an absolutely wonderful day here. Even the human resources, all eight of them, are being well-behaved. And uh, the weather's been... I'm reclaiming his time. Dane Blackhammer here. Gracias por su valor. Hey, it's Kyle from Omaha. I made it the right direction this time and didn't go three hours north to Sioux Falls. This is Chris Johnson in the morning. Jay from Lake Ladawana. Stay safe. Hi, this is Liz Leroy, formerly of Wichita. In the morning, gents. This is Matt Leroy, formerly from Wichita, now out in the country, not a douchebag. I think we're all out of cookies. We're all going to die. Yeah. Wow, what a, what a bunch, dude. What a bunch. Definitely a record setter. And a long meetup report. A long meetup report. It was 147. And in the email to Adam, I don't know if I'm going to find it. Because I was like, uh, I was just apologizing all over my ass for the length. Because, you know, Dvorak always gets cranky about the length and whatever. Uh, here's what I said. Apologies for the length. We had a special circumstance with David, with uh, Duke Fugazato being one of the rare breakthrough cases of COVID. Um our hope is that we made this one entertaining enough to be worth the 147 runtime. If John asks, tell him it was 103. <laughs> <laughs> but John actually liked it. And I think it's he because laughed. he did laugh at the don't eat me Dvorak part, which 
I was wondering if uh, anyone would understand. I was wondering if, yeah, anybody could even understand that it's Don't Eat Me, Dvorak. And I kind of cheated it in because that one's technically from the archives. I don't know. You have to understand, like, my process for making these damn meetup reports is so scattered. I have have everybody's clip on a card uh, that comes out of C. Mike's recorder that he's got on uh, permanent, I guess, loan to me. Uh, Permanent temporary loan. And so I bring those, all the meetups. And so I just drag all the files off. I make notes of, like, who said what and then kind of get the order I want to put them in. And then for this one, it was, like, special because Fugazato had his own little chunk of uh, audio, you know, that he sent me. And then basically my challenge is to take nine, ten minutes of audio and trim out just enough to, like, get everybody in there and still say what everyone kind of wanted to say, but not take too long and irritate the hosts of the show. So, uh, that is basically the uh, that is basically the formula I use, because not really a formula so much. Um, by the way, much love to Oscar it in the chat. You're the greatest. <laughs> we love you uh, trolling along live. Yeah, it was a great time. We had a great goddamn time. I know it makes me want to just see like a potluck meetup every time. They had a great goddamn time. Yeah, I'd love to do a pot potluck meetup uh, again. And man, I I told the Duke that oh yeah, right when I get home I'll hit you back, uh, let you know the date for the next one that we're thinking of. And then of course I get home around midnight, so I'm like ah it's too late to really email the Duke anyway. And then I start working on my meetup report. Next thing I know, it's like 3.30 in the morning. I'm sending that to Adam around 3.30 or 4 once I uh, got it all ironed out and figured out. And then I had, shortly thereafter, a misinformed nation appearance to be made. And uh, it had been like five episodes. And I was like, man, I really got to get back in there. I got to get back in there. It's been too long. And it was just me and Boobery. And it was a lot of fun, actually. It was... Uh, Interesting one. He had a little bit more in-depth clips this time, a little longer. So uh, we actually, between the two of us, came up with about an average, uh, at least an average length of uh, showtime. I think it was just a barely over two hours. Nice. But yeah, I I was just like red-eyed, bloodshot. I had one hour of sleep. (laughs) And then the the night before that, I had maybe a total cumulative of... Two hours of sleep, but they were broken up into little pieces because I was smoking overnight, you know. So I would, like, flop on the couch and set a timer for 30 minutes to wake me up so I could get up and stoke the fire again, you know. Yeah. Whew. You did it, though. Almost caught up on sleep all the way. Almost. I might uh, sleep in tomorrow and then make it perfect. All the way topped off my sleep again. Yeah. And then, you know, enjoy the chiropractor when you get up. That's right. It'll be a good day. It will be a good day. Catch up on the Z's. Get adjusted. Should be well adjusted. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was a harbor seal at Denver Zoo that wasn't so well adjusted and Uh-oh. had to be put down. Uh-huh. It was 33 years old. Damn, is that old for seals? That's very old. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um. So, her name was Kim. She lived a good life at the <laughs> zoo, I guess. Kim? Three letters and Kim. Coincidence? I think not! No, nothing's a coincidence. But, yeah, they just said, uh, you know, her health started declining pretty rapidly, and she wasn't her normal spunky self and lost her appetite, so... Uh, the best thing they could do is just put her down. 
And that's that. So that's, that was a bummer. Then uh, Salisbury police, they charged 33 people during a narcotics roundup. Oh, boy. Coincidence? I think not. Not indeed. Yeah, all sorts of, uh, a lot of things going on here. Um, and it, I'm not sure if there's really a link between these people. Just a lot of different drug charges, including uh, opium, codeine, cocaine, fentanyl, oxycodone, hydrocodone. And then in the articles, they list out every single person and what their specific charge was. Oof. Yeah, oof indeed. So, but then my big story for the top three, 33 this week, is that Pfizer projects $33 billion in COVID vaccine revenues driven by boosters and vaccines for kids. Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. There was a very naive part of me that thought the booster thing wasn't going to (laughs) happen. You know, I was like, oh, I remember the CDC kind of pushing back a little bit on it. Like, "Eh, maybe we don't need the things, the the third. But no, no, no. Pfizer is going to make their money. Yeah, well, you know why. Yeah, I like money, though. No joke. It's what they like. Yeah, they, uh, you know, upped their prices of the vaccines and sold, what, 200 million more doses to the United States in the last two weeks? All cash, baby. Yeah, they're flush with it, man. Yep. I mean, they've been doing tests on little kids, and they're about to start more tests on kids aged 5 to 11, I guess. Um, But yeah, they raised the price from 1950 to 24 bucks a dose. Wow. Yeah, they're jacking them on up. Jacking them up. Gotta make that money. Gotta come up with new variants to push the vax. That's right, man. Everybody's gotta get it. It's a jab. It's a vax. It's a jab. It's a stab. It's a scam. Stab. Scam. The scam. That's what it is. That's what we like to call it. Hello. None of this is good. Hello. And then here in Kansas City, of course, they've brought the uh, mask mandate back if you're indoors. Yeah. I meant to ask you about that because you picked up your laptop from your pop today. Well, he met me outside. Okay. Uh, I didn't really go inside anywhere, so I haven't. Uh, I haven't had the chance to tell anybody where to stuff it. Now. The finger wag mandate that's been rolled out effective yesterday morning here in Kansas City specifically states indoors where six feet can't be maintained. So what I would like to do is just carry around one of those big foam pool noodles and uh, kind of measure where I have to hold it to be able to whack six feet away. And then I'll just beat motherfuckers out of my six feet circle. (laughs) And that should be fine. Right. And I'll say, no, the mayor said, get the fuck back. I'm not wearing a mask. You just stay six feet away from me. Bonk, 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 boom. <laughs> seems, seems fine. It should work. Yeah. It's just insane enough to work, you know? Yeah, People be like, like, oh, he's just oh, like no. us. He's just you trying to be You want to give safe. me some fucking rules? Well, I'll follow him. This is what, yeah, this is what it says right here, the six feet. I can, I can, I can keep six feet away. I can keep you dumb sons of bitches six feet away from me. That's fine with me. I just want to be left alone. I just want to walk in without my mask and have no one freak out over it or ask me if I need one, if I forgot one. Just leave yeah, me alone. Yeah. Sir, 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 do you need a mask? No. No, I don't need a mask. If you're asking me, then fuck no. I don't need a mask, no. Lucky for me, uh, everyone thinks I'm a child. So they kind of just <laughs> give me a confused look like, oh, her parent didn't put a mask on her. Uh-uh. 
She was definitely older than five, so she probably should be wearing one. But sometimes people just uh, get so confused by my presence, you know, I don't hear anything about it. Everyone's, like Doug Stanhope said, check out the tits on that (laughs) eight-year-old. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Just like that. Good Uh, God in heaven. And just like that, wouldn't you know the magic number was all over the Koof stuff? Wow. And it just got totally revamped again. Oh, let me rattle them off. 33 new cases reported in Tuscarawas County, Ohio, Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, York County, Pennsylvania, Halton Region, Ontario, and Tendring in England. Dang. Then also in England, although there were the 33 new cases, uh, Britain's COVID-19 cases down by 33% over past week. In Virginia, there were 33 new hospitalizations. Michigan now has 33 counties with substantial or high transmission. Oh, boy. New York's 33 counties where CDC says to wear a mask has been (gasps) mapped out for you. (laughs) Yes, baby John. You Uh, can't believe it either. Another 33-year-old died this week, uh, and it did not hide anything. In the lead, it mentioned he had underlying health conditions. Oh. uh, And he died of the COOF the same day he was diagnosed with it. Dang. So go to the hospital, they say, you got the coof, and then you die. Was he vaccinated? It did not say. Ah. And that would make me suspect maybe he was. Yeah. Because I think they would have... Uh, they would have danced on his dead body if the, if he was yes. unvaccinated, right? Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't you think? And all the 33-year-olds that died last week, they touted how they were vaccinated. They're like, oh, she was fully vaccinated. It was a breakthrough case. Uh, but And then the final magic number in the coof stories was that this is from patch i don't know if i believe it but vaccinated people make up 33 percent of recent covid19 cases now that number just keeps on going all over the place yeah i've seen i know in massachusetts it was uh like two-thirds no it's 74 percent more than two-thirds 74 percent of folks had the poke yep yeah yep yep everybody's breaking on through to the other side all the cool kids are doing it (laughs) <laughs> All the cool kids are doing it. Meanwhile, I'm here, shotless, coofless. Got a little bit of allergies because the season's kind of starting to swing. And we've been outside so much, uh, which is awesome. Now, interestingly enough, I saw a bunch of cases that w- reported 233. I think I sent you a screen cap of you all that did. last night. Um, Going back as far as May, right? And I saw actually a few shares all around different spots of the internet's. Yeah, uh, it was a bunch of uh, different, here's one in Hawaii, here's one in Oregon, two, 233 new cases, 233 in uh, uh, Jackson, Mississippi, here is in Charleston, West Virginia, Portland, Oregon, Frankfort, Kentucky, uh, and yeah, let's see, the dates on some of these go back to May. Yeah, lots of 233. That just seems like a weird random number, how many times it could actually hit 233. Mm, yeah, I don't or is know. Or it's just a recycled like data point? Yeah. It's hard like, to even tell anymore. Is it just made up? Do they just like send in the email in the morning to the, the editor-in-chief, and then they're like, this is the story, and then everyone publishes it with their own local spin? I've seen things happen kind of like that. I have no idea at this point. It's <laughs> like, who do you trust? Time at the Jake school. We live... We live in a time where uh, some kind of a screen cap on some random website of some 4chan green text is just as 
it's like the same level of believability and credibility as an official CDC press conference announcement. Like, you don't really know what the fuck to believe anymore. It's all bullshit. It's true. It's all bullshit as far as I can tell. Yep, all bull. And that's why I would like to just go behind the curtain. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> right back here. That's all bullshit. Let's chill out. It's a great day for going back here because you found that uh, spare jar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A secret stash. You know when you hide your stash from yourself, it's like a accidental savings account or something. <laughs> Seriously. But it's always good to find that again. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you've been saying, I know I have another jar around here somewhere. <laughs> there it is. We found it. So, yesterday, Illinois issued 70 recreational licenses, uh, which was only able to happen because a Michigan-based group, Sozo Health, which we talked about a few episodes ago, I think it was 94, after Bowl 94, um, they dropped their lawsuit, which had been holding up the licensing process. Right. Um, now, they claimed that they were once qualified as social equity applicants, which is all that's being accepted right now in Illinois. Um, and then the definition of that was updated so that it was only for the owner of the business and not someone who's hiring a majority of individuals who fit the bill for social equity applicants, hmm. uh, which in this case is people disproportionately impacted by the drug war in their community where they live or with previous convictions, cannabis convictions. So Sozo Health filed this lawsuit on July 16th and dropped it on July 27th after a bunch of people got up in arms and said, you're hurting the social equity movement by preventing social equity applicants from getting these licenses, by stalling the process. Duh. So Monday they issued 70 licenses, and they are slated to do another lottery, I believe on the 19th? Yeah, August 19th. They'll be, they're scheduled to do the next round. However, three days after Sozo dropped their lawsuit, three entities together filed a lawsuit with the same claim that they've been wrongfully excluded uh -huh. from the applicant bank, you know? Uh, right. And they claim that they should qualify because two of those businesses are military veteran-owned. Yeah. So See, this is the problem. This is the problem you have when you start segregating people. Then you're going to... You're going to pick some criteria in maybe in good faith or maybe, you know, you're trying to do the right thing. Let's just say you are. And all of a sudden it comes out that, you know, you end up discriminating against other people who are also deserving of a license. So why not just make some requirements and have that be it? You know, just, just leave it at that. You got to make this whole, oh, but your family needs to have been damaged by the drug war, like... I appreciate the sentiment. Don't get me wrong. I really do. But as a practical application, it's just another virtue signal. It's just another lip service. And you, you're further discriminating. So now you're discriminating against veterans. Okay, that's great. That's yeah. really nice. Oh, you're discriminating against people who, you know, might have done the same things but never got caught, which is kind of, you know... What's up? What's up with that? What's that all about? 
Maybe you are, I don't, I don't know, maybe you're actually putting an incentive on getting a pot bus, like we talked about a few shows back, where it's like, oh, Dad, I need you to go smoke a joint out in front of the cop shop so that uh, we can get our application approved, you know? Seriously. It's just, now, obviously that's a hairball scenario, but, I mean, would you qualify? Would you previously not qualify and then pull a stunt like that and then now you qualify as a social equity applicant? So what's that all about? I mean, if it's legal, it's legal. And if you're going to have a, a licensure process, cut the rules out, cut and dry, and put them out there. And if people qualify, then they qualify. Give them a license. We don't only award liquor store licenses to, you know, families of alcoholics. That right. Would, that would be insane. That would be insane and wrong. <laughs> and yet they're rolling out all of these pot licenses with this weird social equity thing baked into it. And it's just goofy. It's definitely goofy. And Illinois issued a press release with the 70 licenses that they approved of um, yesterday. And in it, they touted that two-thirds of the applicants who got licenses identified as non-white. And I'm just like, oh, it's just so, you know, <laughs> it's gross. It's just gross is what it is. And these... these It's uh, just kind of weird to imply that, like that's that's their like main identity or like that's what makes them great or better or more deserving like uh, we're again we're going back to judging applicants by their race by the color of their skin and which, not merit and it's just it's just wrong it's definitely wrong it's like it's like a whole thing that we got out of culturally and now like they're trying to bring it back in these other insidious ways it's just it's just fucking wild man it's wild that people go along with it, and it's yes. wild that people call it reverse racism or other type shit like that. It's not reverse racism. It's just racism. It's just regular old plain-ass racism, no matter who you're racist against. Exactly. But, yeah, these people that were getting upset with the Michigan-based company that had that first lawsuit, Sozo, um, they weren't just mad that they were from out of state, which I can sort of under understand, you know, like, oh, you want to come in my state and take our licenses, whatever. They call that original definition of social equity applicants where you could hire people, the slave master clause. They're starting to push that. <laughs> the and there's a lot of other states who count that. They say if more than half of your staff meets the social equity criteria, you count and you can apply for a license well now there's pushback on it calling it the slave master clause because these people will never be happy nothing will ever be good enough for them and that's why no one should have ever pandered to them and what they want right that's the deal too about a lot of these social justice causes is there's no there's no meeting in the middle there's no reward or benefit to capitulating or giving in to any demands or saying, well, we'll give half of your demands or any of it. Uh, they just take and take and take and take. And even if you gave them all they want today, they would come up with a new list tomorrow. It's, it's like negotiating with insane people. Yeah. And really, I don't even think there should be license applications or whatever. It should be an open and free market. If you want to run a business, you should be able to try and, you know... Well, I would say at the very least, if if you're going to have a licensure process, there should just be requirements 
and I don't just do away with these caps. Let the market decide how many licenses will survive. And, you know, if you meet the requirements to get licensed, then you get licensed. Like we license real estate agents, like we license liquor stores, like we license anybody else. If you meet the requirements, you get it. If you don't meet the requirements, you don't get it. Simple as. Yeah, but what would the requirements be? Well. Owning space to host it? Obviously, right now, as the law stands, the requirements would be all of the compliance codes. So it would be... You know, that you have the proper security, that you have the proper locks, that you're open at the certain hours, that there's a certain number of cameras in place, the way you transport all your product. All these different things are regulated in most medical markets and in most legal recreational state markets as well. So another thing is the seed to sale tracking, like all of those different things. You have to demonstrate compliance before you're licensed. Mm. Uh, there's like square footage minimums and maximums. There's a ways to grow it if you're a grow facility. All these different things. So, what do we actually need? None of it, obviously. In right. my opinion, you don't need any of that shit. It's just weed. It's not really that complicated. They're trying to make it like super dangerous. Like, oh, you gotta have it. If you transport it, you know, you gotta be like a Brinks guy, and it's just weed. It's weed. The only thing that makes it dangerous is all this black market, uh, the complete, you know, punishment legally of it. The cartels are running it around, you yeah. know? That's what makes it dangerous. Prohibition. The prohibition is the only thing that makes weed even a little bit dangerous. But I, that's why they, I feel like they want to keep it like that, you know, and keep the legal industry so, may I say, sketch. <laughs> Yeah, like having bars on the window and armed guards at the door, and it's just like okay. Well, you gotta understand a lot of these illicit activities. The money is laundered through big banks and through fat politicians, and so they're in charge of making and crafting the laws, and they're not going to allow any kind of legal change that's going to step on their gravy train. Yeah, so I think that part of that is when you see the legal uh, medical laws and the legal recreational laws roll out, they're rolled out in a way that does minimal damage to the cartels in place. Gotcha. That sucks. That's That's the way it works, I guess. sucks, but that's where we're at, you know? (laughs) Yep. That's why we advocate. Just repeal the bad laws and that's it. You don't need any new good, you know, you don't need any new enhanced laws. Right. Just a heavy regulation. They won't just go all regulation happy. You don't need that. I don't need to go from the DEA to seven different federal agencies oh, like we talked about. No, yeah. I mean, Chucky e. Schumer's proposed bill is a nightmare. Yeah. Let's put it in the hands of seven alphabet soups. Yeah, we want the ATF at the top of that. Yeah, and let's rename them ATCF. C for cannabis. Ugh. Yeah. Because saying marijuana is racist. Well, anyway. Rules, rules, rules. Yeah. Last month... The Montana Department of Revenue announced that they would be proposing rules for medical marijuana providers as they prepare for recreational sales to start in January 2022. So they have introduced those rules that they proposed, and they are now available to be read online and open for public comment until August 23rd. They're also 
having a public hearing, which is scheduled for August 13th. So mostly advertising is affected by these rules that they propose. Mm. And it's kind of, in my opinion, it's silly and annoying, and I don't think they need any of these rules, but here we are. It limits businesses to two 11 square feet or smaller signs that must be attached to a permanent structure, which means no billboards, no banners, no flags, and they also can't advertise on TV, radio, newspaper, or social media. Why? That's oh, so that's stupid. Um, Meanwhile, you got Bud Light commercials on the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. But no, you cannot advertise weed anywhere. All right. Uh, they have to keep measures on their websites to prevent people younger than 21 from accessing it. That's pretty standard. Um, but they won't be able to offer promotional items or sponsor events, including like charitable events or sports events. Again, beer, every sport event. Yep. It's just crazy. Like, so if you live in Montana, you should, uh, you know, maybe show up to that hearing. It's probably over Zoom. I could probably show up to it, give them a piece of my mind in my two minutes. <laughs> But yeah, we'll follow that. August 13th. August 13th. Let them know. Breaking news. C-Mike yeah. says that the Fountain app is not showing bowl after bowl in the search. Oh. Excuse the fuck out of me. Fountain.fm. Bowl after bowl, man. We should already just automatically be in there. Yeah. He shouldn't have said anything about it. We, we got a value. We got a value tag. I'll be, I'll be in touch with him. I'll just say, hey, you know, my fellas, they, they checked it out. And they don't like what they see. You see a big old lack of the bowl over there in nope. the fountain. Where's the bowl in the fountain? Come on, man. The bowl is in the city of fountains, so... That's right, yeah, man. excuse the fuck out of me. That's right. What are you trying to pull here? He does live in Kansas City. He does. He does. We'll get to the bottom of that. Don't you worry, C-Mike. Thanks for pointing <laughs> yeah. it out. Thanks for bringing it to our attention. C-Mike and Dame Blackhammer, the real MVPs. No doubt. <laughs> of the meetup. <laughs> In Puerto Rico, the governor signed legislation into law that protects qualified medical patients from workplace discrimination. Um, It, of course, amends their medical law to classify them as members of a protected class. And then, Hmm. of course, there's exceptions to that. Like, you know, if the job uh, has, like, extreme threat of harm or danger, and you probably don't want to be stoned on the job. Uh, If your performance sucks... And, you know, then you probably can't be smoking weed all the time. Uh, You're not supposed to consume cannabis at work without written authorization from the employer. And uh, if you expose your employer to losses of any kind, funding or licensure or whatever, you can be fired. See, that's the real crazy part of all of this insane chunk of regulation that rolls out. It's like everyone who smokes weed has been smoking weed (laughs) despite... Uh, some other rules that you're supposed to follow. Yeah. And so why would why would all of a sudden you get this big thick stack of rules that you're going to dump on people? Like, really? You think you think anybody who smokes weed is going to go ask their boss for permission at work to smoke weed? No. No, you just, you know, that shit happens over here and it didn't happen and it's over here and whatever. Yeah, these rules target the rule followers anyway. They're talking about qualified medical patients, card carriers. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people uh, employers don't even realize are stoned perpetually <laughs> at a lot of jobs. <laughs> but, oh, well. um, so there was 
a bill introduced in Ohio to legalize recreational weed. 180 pages. Um, I did not read it all because it's 180 pages, but I would like to point out that half of every page, I would say it's about 90 pages uh, when you take a look at it. It will be available in the show notes if you are bored and looking for something to read and you live in Ohio, maybe. Um, but a lot of it is just numbers for sections of, you know, the all these codes and stuff. Just a lot of these numbers, amending sections of, uh, I guess, the state constitution. Mm-hmm. So, all these laws it's amending. I don't know. Just a lot of numbers there. So, yeah. Uh, it would allow adults to cultivate up to 12 pa- plants for personal use. And you could possess up to five ounces. Like most of the other legalization bills that have been introduced, it would expunge nonviolent offenses. Um, and they propose a 10% excise tax on sales, which would then go toward schools and infrastructure in the counties and municipalities that have at least one dispensary. So gotcha. They propose that the Department of Commerce oversees the program and issues licenses. Um, but I'm not sure. I don't know. I wouldn't hold my breath over this because a spokesperson for the governor, Mike DeWine, did say that he, the governor, does not support legalization. Mm, so is he going to so, threaten a veto, maybe? Probably. I don't take that as a good sign, you know? Make it all the way to his desk, and he's just like, eh. Of course, I guess I don't know how the veto powers in Ohio work, since every state's different. Right. I mean, can he just not sign it? Most of them have, yeah, a way to just block it by not signing it, but then it depends if, you know, it depends on what the amendment process is too if the voters approve it you know if the voters approve it it's different than the legislature's approving it yeah well get on out there voters and signature gatherers do your part i know we are in missouri and uh, arkansas too pushing for full recreational legalization on the 2022 ballot um there's two groups in missouri working on it so far no one with the tomato model of course no not. one with my tomato model what am i doing i need to get my ass out there <laughs> get some good Good law written that just says, remove cannabis from everything and just don't regulate it at all. Yeah. Yeah. No arrests, <laughs> no smacking around, no confiscations. It's just a weed. I have to find the tomato model folks that were all amped up in, what was that, 2012? 2012. 2012. 2014 and 2016. Yeah. The true believers, they were coined. Yeah. So you know, it's just, it makes sense to me. Yeah, that's the right way to do it. It's never going to be the... F- it's never going to happen, but... No. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, well. The power drunk would have to give up so much power. Because, of course... uh, It's just not really... If if you've been involved in the Missouri uh, legalization scene, like Sir Spencer and I, you would not be surprised to find the group New Approach Missouri is the one with the ballot initiative getting the most press at this moment. They were the ones that passed medical. Yeah, they're They pl- have they're the politicians in. They have the, and the money behind them. They have the infrastructure. So I'm guessing if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be them here in the show me state. Yeah, I would surprise it. I would be surprised if anybody else does it. Yeah. So, hey, as long as they get it on the ballot, man, that's all that matters, I guess. Although, again, I don't want a bad law. I'd rather not pass a bad law, so, but we'll see. Uh, 
back on Bowl After Bowl episode 83, we discussed the Mississippi Supreme Court overturning a medical marijuana initiative that passed with more than 70% of the vote. That's a first in history to happen, have a medical initiative overturned. Um, now, the Senate, a Senate committee, is drafting new medical legislation, uh, and the governor, Tate Reeves, is expected to call a special session. Uh, this was all found out at the Neshoba County Fair last Wednesday, where Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman told a crowd that three hearings have already been held this summer to replace Initiative 65 and that the draft should be complete this very week. What a complete disdain for the will of the voters there in Mississippi. Isn't it disgusting? Yes. Yeah. I. All these stories of the Supreme Court overturning initiatives that the voters, we the people, voted on and passed, Yeah, we the, and they can just come in and kick it over? We the plebs. It doesn't care. It doesn't matter what we want our government to do, which we run. Because that's not how it works. That's not how it works. These five jerk-offs in black robes run everything. Mm-hmm. It's messed up. Yes, it is. Well, if you were planning to apply for a medical marijuana dispensary license in Rhode Island, you're going to have to wait indefinitely. Oh, that's my favorite wait time. Indefinite? Yes. yes. So the lottery was delayed in the spring because there was an administrative appeal from a rejected applicant it was delayed until the summer, and that same appeal is still not resolved. So now, instead of just rescheduling it for the fall, they have decided the lottery won't be rescheduled until the appeal has run its course. There's only six licenses available in the Little Roadie, the state wow. of Little Roadie. So, I mean, six. Yeah. But you're going to be waiting. Going to be waiting. Oh, then. Uh, Back in California, more hijinks over there, <laughs> a businessman there agreed to plead guilty to one count of filing a false federal tax return and one count bribery at his upcoming court hearing on August 25th, 2021. From 2016 to 2019, he paid San Luis Obispo County Supervisor Adam Hill $32,000 in exchange for favors. Oh, no. Then last August, Adam Hill committed suicide. Oof. So this guy, uh, his name's Helios Raphael Dayspring. He operates 18 cannabis farms and four retail stores and could potentially face up to 13 years in prison. Jeez. Jeez Louise. That's a mess, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a, a mess. mess right we're, we're seeing a lot of these bribery cases come out. And... Well, yeah, I mean, that's the way. That's like I said. It's the way it works. All the money is laundered and and politicians are paid off and all this shit's going on everywhere at every level of government everyone's in somebody's pocket it's all corruption for these criminal jackoffs yeah yeah but the, you know there's a lot deeper corruption where it's a lot more money and that's never going to be exposed yeah no they want to round up the justice. they want to round up stoners off couches yeah exactly <laughs> as a response to that instead of going after actual criminals it's fantastic. Uh, then my last weed story comes from our show me state here, where a bunch of dispensaries got an email from the Department of Health and Human Services, which of course runs 
the weed industry here. Um, and it was a warning to immediately stop any unlawful activity, specifically citing state regulations prohibiting promotional events. Um, so I guess here in Missouri, you can't advertise product discounts at all. You can't advertise holiday sales. Um, but the suggestion in the email that really irked me is they suggested dispensaries um, establish discounted pricing for classes of patients such as those designated as low income on their medical marijuana identification card. Mm. It's like, I mean, I was going to say how much information does this card say about you, but yeah, everything. No. When are we going to get some Medicaid getting up in there buying that weed, man? Yeah. It's just crazy. Like, oh, excuse me, I get the super primo uh, poor person discount here because, you know, my card says so. Yeah, I'm on that green cross, green shield, $5 <laughs> copay, dog. Yeah. You have to give me all the weed <laughs> because look at the class distinction here. I don't have a job. <laughs> uh, they need to put podcaster on the ID card. I, I don't have a job because the medical marijuana industry took my job. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> yeah, so no. <clears throat> they said they would be sending out notices of violations uh, pretty soon, but none have been issued yet. I don't know. I just I hate the idea of being in a database that I don't have to be in, you I know? know. And so I'm just yeah. so opposed to getting an ID card that says, oh, you're a medical patient. Well, people are just like handwriting. They're like, well, I, I want to get the card because then it's finally legal and I won't have to worry. It's illegal everywhere. Yeah. Still like, federally illegal. Like your your state program is still illegal, though. So, like, you know, it's not like you're getting some kind of airtight protection. You're still... He's still breaking federal law at the end of the day. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean that's, how, that's, that's how it is, man. That's all I can say. I wish it was some other way, but. Simple as. Simple as. That's all. That's all. Yeah. Well, you remember the first time you ever rode a roller coaster? I do, but so do friend. a lot of callers. But yeah. Before we roll into the uh, uh, voicemails, and if you have a voicemail, don't be shy. Call 816-607-3663. That's 816-607-DOOF. I'll get you the voicemail line. But before that, wouldn't you know we have a metal moment? Ooh. Metal moment, baby! In the morning and in the bowl, this here is the Reverend Cyber Trucker with this week's metal moment. Alien Weaponry is a thrash metal trio from Waipu, New Zealand, formed in Auckland in 2010 by brothers Henry and Louis de Jong. The trio consists of drummer Henry de Jong, guitarist Louis de Jong, and since August 2020, bass player Taruga Morgan Edmonds. All three members have Maori ancestry, and a number of their songs are written in the Maori language, such as this one right here, Ruana Tawena.
fuck? Yeah! Yeah. Oh, they bring the battle. Fuck yeah. Thank you, Reverend Cyber Trucker. Thank you. For this week's metal moment. Taking us to New Zealand this week. We're traveling all around the world. And surely he will have a new uh, quiz, or a new poll, I should say, that you can vote in. On where we take the next metal moment. I'm sure that uh, he'll have that ready to go for you. Just follow him on No Agenda Social at RevCyberTrucker at NoAgendaSocial.com. And yeah, beautiful metal moment. Metal moment. That got me jazzed up. I need to pick the energy back up. Wow. Pumped up. Pumped up. That was cool uh, in that native language. They were just like, rah, 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 rah. It was high energy, man. High energy. You know what else is high energy? Riding roller coasters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, high energy is texting the text line. If you don't want to call and leave a voicemail. Or if you do, but also want to call and then text a picture. Enhance your visual uh, contribution. Uh, this texter picked up some bud called cereal milk. <laughs> That's boobs in the bowl in the buds. There you go, baby. Very nice, very nice. We got some callers that want to chime in on the whole phenomenon of coaster riding. Uh, And here's our first one. Howdy, gang. It's Rick with the Itty Bitty Homestead. Don Johnson, third spot. Say howdy. Howdy, howdy. I just wanted to let you know we uh, do have a number six subscriber. Oh, yes. Thank you you very much for that, guys. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for brought people along. Keep pushing us. We uh, do have some more videos coming up. We are dropping an intro on our fitness journey today. It's Wednesday the 28th. So by the time this gets broadcast, it will probably be Tuesday of next week, sometime in August. But, hey, there will mean that two new videos have dropped because we also have a food prep video dropping Friday. So we're also including our fitness journey along with our homesteading journey so that people know what we're doing, how we're doing it, and hopefully people will come along for the ride. Thank you for everyone who's watched our videos. Thank you for those who have shared our videos. And we're still waiting for the donations to come in, but we are going to keep pushing this out for free as a value for value. So if you get value from our stuff, like, share, subscribe, whatever, and donate if you think that it's worth it. We appreciate you. We love you. And we will be seeing you in the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. Much love, Rick and Charlene Brandon. And uh, I do want to encourage people and talk a tiny bit about the value for value model, especially when you're first starting out on some project. The beautiful thing about the value for value model is it's like a long-term vision and a long-term goal. And sometimes it takes the contributor putting out value more and consistently and then also other people seeing it and um, getting the value from it it can take a while and there's a little bit of a trick of momentum at first for sure so i would encourage you guys don't get discouraged about that uh if you keep consistently putting out the value the value will come uh i'm going to by the way link their no agenda tube channel here in the bowl and in the troll room as well, because why not? It's right next door. Hey, guys, in the troll room, there's another link. Uh, this is the Itty Bitty Homestead I've been talking about for the last few shows. Uh, of course, Rick and Charlene down in Joplin, our friends. Down on the other end, 
of Western Missouri, and um, they've got great show, uh, some great video content on there. A tour of their homestead. They kind of talk about a typical week. They let you meet the pets. Uh, and then the latest one, so uh, right now that you can see, is the meal preps for the week that they're going into. So I think useful stuff. And going forward, you know, we we always want to be a little bit more off the grid. And how can we self-sustain? And how can we depend on ourselves rather than depend on a system that hates us and wants us enslaved and dead? Um, that is definitely the way to go, in my opinion. I was also super pumped to hear Adam give them a shout out ah, on yeah. the agenda this weekend. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. You guys rock. So subscribers is seven right now. And since I put the link out, hopefully that will make it a little easier uh, for some more to get signed up. And no agenda tube. If you haven't checked it out in general, it's a pretty cool place. And I think it just needs more producers uh, kind of putting stuff in and making it cool and making it snowball. Um, yeah, it's a great spot. It's a great spot. Rick uh, did add a little bit, actually. Hey, guys, it's Rick again from up in, uh, or down in Joplin. Up apparently. in downtown Joplin. Uh, I was calling about the first time I ever rode a roller coaster. Oh, hell well, yeah. this is the first and only time I ever <laughs> rode a roller coaster. I was on my honeymoon with my first wife, and we went to Silver Dollar City, of all places, for our honeymoon. Still your dollar city. That's what I like to call it. We stayed it. in a bed and breakfast down in Branson. Oh, yeah. And she wanted to go on, I think it was called Thunderation. Thunderation. Or something like that. I don't know. It was supposed to be like a, it was like new at the time. Okay. And she wanted to go on it, and I had to stand in line for like 45 minutes to an hour in the summer heat to get on that stupid roller coaster <laughs> and ride that damn thing with her. Not a fan, I guess. The roller coaster. And the only thing I can remember is going down in a spiral and her complaining the entire time because I was on the inside and my my body was pressing up against hers and she felt squished. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, we got a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, in the bowl. Oh, man. In the bowl. He says, anyway, in the bowl, but <laughs> the transcription says, anyway, edible. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's a contender. It's a contender. It definitely is. There's lots of bowlers here in the bowl with edibles. Yeah, I'm very uh, familiar with the old Silver Dollar City. Steal your Dollar City. I have yet to go to Branson. When we were uh, homeschooled one year, my parents did like the All Four Seasons thing, and they got a season pass at Steal Your Dollar, and then they got. They they do different seasons there, so like the spring will be one theme, and I think the summer was like countries of the world, you know. So they had all the different countries stuff. They'd have like native dances in the different countries and craft booths centered around them. I can't remember. Obviously, the winter one was Christmas because you're gonna do Christmas theme. I can't remember the other two exactly, but anyway. By the time you go like four times in the same year to Silver Dollar City, it's kind of like, whew. A bit much? A bit. Well, it's just, yeah. You know. You only ride the wildfire so many times without puking on your feet. Yeah. You skipped one. Oh, thank you so much. I did that. 
I did the classic move where you like click on one to get it ready and then you talk about some other bullcrap and then when you look back it's like Mark is like, oh, already read them. You're like click yeah. to the next one. No, 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 click to this one. All right, all right. So the first time that I remember not saying someone's name wrong was at my uh, brother's wedding and uh oh basically <laughs> I went up to my uncle and I I called him Called him Mike. Oh, shit. That was my Uncle Tom. He laughed in my face. Damn. I was drunk as hell. <laughs> oh, well, that makes it good, man. But it was, uh, it was just one of those things that uh, I felt bad about and I'll always remember. Because my Uncle Tom will always shove it in my face every time I see him. Yep. Anyway, bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl, baby. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your uncles are going to bust your balls for the rest of your life over it, for sure. We had a new one that we added to the family ball busting this last time. Because my cousin was there, right? And my, well, he's, I guess, I guess it's second cousin, because it's your cousin's kid. Your cousin's kid's Uh, your second cousin, right? I don't know how the hell cousin thing works, man. Cousins get really confusing to me. I've never learned it right. I've been told a hundred times, every time I announce my stupidity somebody will tell me the correct way and i still don't know i think it's second cousin is your cousin's kid but at any rate uh he's there he's like 16 now you know and i saw him the year he was born so you know 16 years ago we kind of met he doesn't remember but i remember and my my grandma at one point is just like yeah have you met andrew yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah a number of times and for pete's sake i've met him a number of times over the last 16 years of his life, I met him, yeah. <laughs> Including right there at the beginning, even. Oh, man. Now that's a good so, line in the family. Yeah, now when I'm leaving, he'll be like, hey, nice to meet It was nice to meet you tonight, you know? <laughs> yeah. Great. Great. Family ball busting, man. There's no way. Once you make a mistake or once you say a goofy wrong thing and everybody heard it, then it's just like, oh, hey, you did it. Remember that time when you did? Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, it's like when C. Mike walked out on his bill at that meetup, and we'll never let him live it down. I haven't brought that up in months, but there it is. A little callback. Oh, it's just something. Sometimes it just happens, man. Things just happen, man. Things happen. We get it. I'm standing outside right now. It is utterly beautiful here this evening, Ash, because it's six twenty my time. Six twenty. So, um. Bet. But yeah, it's like a perfect summer day. Just a little bit warm, not too bad, not too hot. Yeah. No breeze whatsoever. But the first roller coaster I ever rode was um, the Blue Streak at uh, Cedar Point, which is a park that is in Sandusky, Ohio, and it's on a point that extends out to uh, Lake Erie. Um, it's quite a big park. It's uh, grown exponentially over the years um we used to have a park that uh there was a uh i guess you could call it a steamboat but i think it was retrofitted with uh diesel engines and the the rotary steam paddle at the back just went uh was basically for show i don't think it powered it it might have i don't know but there was an island called Bablo island in the uh detroit river and it used to have this like riverboat that would take you from uh right in downtown Detroit. There was two of them, 
and it would drive you down to the island, and then uh, there was all sorts of uh, amusement uh, park rides on the island. It was smaller, and then they just had so many problems with people from Detroit coming there, and uh, they end up shutting it down. The island now has uh, homes on it, and there's a restaurant there, and you can still go over there from the Canadian side in uh, Amherstburg. Um, but uh, there's little bits and pieces of the 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 park left, like the tower that they had. That was actually a ride that you rode up this tower and then rode back down. Yeah. Kinda, I think it dropped you almost like one of those. Uh, Cedar Point has one called the Demon Drop. We got that one it drops you down. Yeah, the detonator. And uh, but yeah, that was big. But the Cedar Point first first roller coaster that I rode was the Blue Street there, and that was like barely when I was just tall enough to go ride there, and. Uh, I was literally, like, fa- flying off the seat. I remember my cousin was with me riding next to me. He was, like, holding me down because I was, like, literally – because they had, like, these whoop-de-doos in this blue streak yeah. that it went through. I was, like, almost, like, flying off the seat. Cause, like I say, they, you know, they got that little, are you this tall? you got to be this tall to ride. I was just, like, just over the – the uh, line. I know, like, every ride that I rode that day, they were like, yeah. hmm, I don't know, are you uh, kind of, like, judging whether I was... You got your thick shoes <clears> on. ...tall enough or not, but, um... The I remember that, has a that lot age. of amazing roller coasters, though. They got one... My favorite there, I think, is, like, the Millennium Force. They have... Oh, 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 oh. Keep going. So, sorry about that. I, uh... Not only did I not... Get the three-minute right mark right. My phone died as soon as they tried calling me back. Oh, but, my goodness. Anyways, um, Cedar Point had the blue streak, and then uh, that Millennium Force, they got one top-field dragster, the Raptor, which was like a hanging – was that a Raptor, the hanging coat? I think so. But they've got a ton um, there. Um, the Gemini is like a real old wooden coaster. They have one called the Mine Ride, and it's kind of like mundane, but the, the Gemini is uh, – a huge roller coaster that's wooden and kind of seems kind of rickety. I'm sure it's not, but whatever. Um, the scariest roller coaster that I've ever ridden is the Beast down in uh, Kings Island, which is uh, by Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, <laughs> the Beast is massive and it has tunnels that it shoots into the ground. Nice. And it the first time you ride it, it scares the living shit out of you because you think your head's going to get taken off oh. by the tunnel that you're flying into. Yep. But, yeah, it's got, like, these big drops, and then it goes right into a tunnel into the ground. And, I mean, it's, like, not even – you aren't in the tunnel for that very long. You just, like, shoot in and then shoot back out the other side. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of freaky. But those are my coaster stories. So, in the bowl. In the, in bowl. the bowl. It said ceremony coaster stories. <laughs> nice. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Ceremony coasters. There was a there was a ride kind of like that at Silver Dollar City where you went into a mining tunnel, and same thing. It like dipped down into a tunnel, and it was like a wooden framed. It looked just like a mine, you know, like a mine shaft opening. And you, dude, it looked like it was just gonna smash your face off coming at you so fast. You would always duck, even though you had like a couple feet of clearance. It was just so close. It looked like it's flying it right at your face, dude. <laughs> oh my god, it was unnerving. Oh, he has he has a he has a PSS. Oh, and uh, one last thing. Uh, never ride a roller coaster at one of those roadside uh, 
carnivals. They had one here that was just about up at the uh, Traverse City Cherry Festival. Um, it was like that cloud thing that goes like up in the air on the arm. They almost flipped over if like it wasn't for a bunch of people that went up and uh, stood on the thing. So crazy. <laughs> anyway, in the bowl. That's what's beautiful about the carny rides is like you're in the danger of those rides just being generally more shitty and less <laughs> permanent, but you're also balanced with the relative safety of a bunch of big-ass good old boys that are watching at all times and can jump on some shit and save your ass. <laughs> so it's like, uh, you know, it's trade-offs. There's ba- it balances itself out is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> that's, that's excellent. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, man. This next call is fantastic. We got a lot of bull 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 Hi. Hey. How's it going? Oh, you know. That's awesome. Glad you're having a great night. Well, the first time I ever went on a roller coaster, hmm, do uh do the carnivals count? Oh, definitely. You know, the county fairs? Definitely counts. Where the meth heads put together the equipment. They might be one of those that had the, the caterpillar. Yeah. Just went up, down, and around. I think that was the first one. Just the simple The guy. first real one, though, I was in, I think I was in fifth grade. And I went to Six Flags Over Texas with a friend and his parents and uh, was super excited getting to ride real roller coasters and the very first one we went to was the texas giant and, and uh well didn't luck out the uh, the last two seats were the back and uh, me and my buddy rode in the back and got shook the fuck up it was pretty awful so then we rode some more rides and came back later and uh got to sit in the front nobody else wanted it so uh yeah and the front was the place to be <laughs> yes so you get hit in the face with a bug. No, that's okay. Small price to pay. <laughs> but yes, love roller coasters. Uh, I don't care for those swings, though. You know, the ones that take you up and like spin you around? Fuck, fuck that. Oh. No. No, I'm good. Good on that. <laughs> Anything else is okay. I've yet to ride the Titan at Six Flags. I haven't been in several years now. Last time I went, the Titan was closed due to lightning. Huh. For some reason, they thought being struck by lightning was not conducive to a positive experience. <laughs> I disagreed, but whatever. Hope you guys have a great show. I know you will. I love you. Oh, Bye. Love you, Fletch. Love Stick. you. There's <laughs> the stick. Hey, there's the stick. Um, yeah, what's up with that? What's up with Six Flags trying to get between you and a little bit of lightning, man? Just trying to have a little fun. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking. Spark one up. How about you? What uh, what uh, what roller coaster did you ride first time? Well, my the first roller coaster I ever rode is uh, similar to the Caterpillar, I suppose. It was a Rudolph roller coaster at Santa's Village in uh, is that in Glen, New Hampshire? Jefferson uh, up in New Hampshire there. And it was just a little kitty coaster. And it goes around a track, has a little uh, light drop and some tilting. You know? Yep. It uh, had to be 39 inches to ride it. Yeah. That was the first one I went on. But the first, uh, I, you know, I always liked roller coasters. And so I know that the first big coaster I went on was 
probably, it was either at Six Flags in Springfield, Mass., or Canopy Lake Park. I don't remember. But the first roller coaster that went upside down, I definitely remember because I was totally, I had no interest in going on anything that went upside down. Right. And so I was doing like the rickety old wooden coaster at Six Flags. It's like pretty freaking scary because it feels like the whole thing is going to fall apart. And also I felt way too small to be on it. I wore my thick shoes that day, of course, because, you know, coming in under five feet, there's a lot of things I still can't ride at Six Flags. Right. But uh, the Great Bear at Hershey Park, my grandpa was with me, and he was like, oh, this looks fun. It goes over the water. You know, your feet dangled down. He's like, I'm going to feel like Batman. This is going to be cool. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. I went on it. It went upside down. And at first, I was like, oh, fuck, no. Oh, no, this is too scary for me. But then I just, like, relaxed and had a lot of fun and ended up riding it, like, six times in a row. Nice. It wasn't one of those ones where your head gets, like, shaking all over the place, yeah. banging up against the sides. It was very gentle for an upside-down roller coaster. Still probably my favorite uh, roller coaster that flips me around upside down that I've been on. All the other ones, I get a damn headache after I get <laughs> off. I don't know what's up with that, just having my head shook around. Yeah, well. What is yeah, up with that, mine. man? What about what you? What was the that? first coaster you rode? Well, first coaster I ever rode that went upside down was at Worlds of Fun, Orient Express, which was, I think, decommissioned in like 2003 or sometime, like I was around. Uh, so it wasn't that long after I rode it. I think I was eight or nine when I was finally tall enough to ride it, maybe even 10. No, I wasn't 10 yet for sure. It was still in the late 90s. It was probably eight or nine. And uh, oh, it had a great little loop, flip loop thing and upside down. The first time I wrote it, I was so jazzed. I wrote it like five more times because we were there during the day. Um, wasn't really as busy, so you could just keep getting back in line, back in line. It was fantastic. Very cool. And then... Uh, you're talking about your head jerking all around. They had this ride called the Timberwolf, which is like all wooden. And it was just so herky-jerky. It would just jank you all around. I didn't really like riding that one. I like the upside-down stuff more than the jerking around. Text, uh, text line says, First roller coaster, the tornado at Adventureland in Des Moines. Mm. Had to be about around six or seven when he rode it. Never been to Adventureland. I've been to Des Moines many times. I saw brochures for it this last That's time. That's right. We were up there. Yeah, we did see brochures. And then we were at that little park and people were talking about it. Yeah, Adventureland. What was that park called? Riverside? Uh, that that sounds right. That was very cool cuz that used to be an amusement park and now it's just a playground park. Yeah. It's a good playground though. As far as playgrounds go. Yeah. Got some cool zip lines and stuff. It's spacious. Yeah, it's really wide. It covers a lot of ground. It's pretty cool. Uh, Rev Simon Trucker says the poll is up, by the way. So you can vote on Ooh. the next metal moment. Where is it going to come from? Uh, this week's choice is Indonesia, India, or Australia. I won't tell you what I voted for so as not to sway the vote in any way. Yeah, get out there and vote. Yeah, you have to pick your own vote. Vote your own pick. Like this next caller did. Surely. This is bullshit. Yeah, I got some bullshit before I get to my uh, um, my first time I ever. Oh, so I had to go us. deal with the government today, which oh, is so so fun. So, fucking government. Um, I got to get my driver's license renewed. It's one of those 
one of those things you got to do. And I'm going to, and I had to go bring documentation in because I'm going for the enhanced driver's license. So I don't have to carry my passport around when I eventually start traveling again, whenever that is. Um, so I, I had an appointment made and, and I realized that I didn't have my social security card, which is actually kind of required for the real ID stuff. Um, right. and all the other forms of documentation that they consider acceptable for having the social security require having the full number printed, which none of mine do. So, so yeah, after calling the, the, um, you know, the D department of licensing and confirming all of that, I'm like, okay, well, crap, I'll go get a, I guess I need to go get a new social security card. Well, so I, um, so yeah, and, and you can appear, you can apparently apply online to get a replacement card. Well, for some reason that didn't work for me and it says you have to, you have to go in the office. So I said, okay, fine, I'll go to the office. It's not that far away. Um, so I drove over there today and, um, yeah, they're not allowing people to walk in because of COVID-1984. So, of course. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a fun thing. And so, Love it. um, yeah, and I think that's, uh, that's annoying, um, but that is part of that. Yeah, it's dealing with government bureaucracy. The only time you need a your your actual social security card for some very specific things, and for some reason I don't know where mine is. Um, you know, we know where the rest of the families are, which is good, but that's for some reason mine is missing. But um, now, why why did I mention this before I did my first time ever? Well, uh, I, I will I will explain uh, in in a moment here. So the first time I ever rode a roller coaster was. Um, when I was uh, probably about eight years old, I'm guessing. Uh, now, I grew up in Santa Cruz, California, and the roller coaster that I went on, uh, you know, the first one I rode was the Giant Dipper, which is actually a, um, it's, a lar it's a wooden roller coaster. It's actually on the, you know, it's a national historical landmark and that kind of thing. It's, and, and it is, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a wooden coaster, and, it, you know, it doesn't do any, any weird loop-de-loops or anything like that. But, yeah. um but yeah, and I, and, and I remember as a kid um, waiting till I got tall enough because you have you have to be this tall to ride, right? So nope. um, yeah, so and yeah, and I remember and I'm okay. I'm running out of time, so I will uh, I will call back. Phone boy, he's he's recognizing it. He calls back like thirty seconds early. Okay, so I remember you know you you have to be at this tall to ride uh, bit of you know, the ride, and that Definitely. was always the exciting thing as a kid was being tall enough to try the ride. I keep checking um, and checking and. You know, when you, when you go, when you go on this coaster, so, so you're in, you know, you're in some sort of a, you know, a room, I guess, I don't know how to describe it, but you're, you go inside the building to, uh, and you have to wait in, and sometimes a long line, especially in the summer, you're going to yep. wait a long time. And then you, you know, you get in the car. And, you know, they, and, you, and they strap you in and then you go down a tunnel, which is actually kind of, and so, you know, the kind of, this thing whips around is kind of scary, then goes up and does the drop and, you know, the curves, the typical sort of the roller coaster stuff. And I think I went on the, you know, and I, and I went on the, the Big Dipper, I think a bunch of times because, uh, you know, you get a day pass, you could, you could, uh, um, you know, they, they stamp your hand with a, with a, you know, with a, with a colorful sticker with a letter or something and then some sort of a wristband. And, uh, yeah, you could, uh, you can go on all the rides that you want. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I probably went out of a bunch of times. Now, uh, as an adult, and I think, and and and, and yeah. So, so I don't. I have not gone on too many roller coasters as an adult, and part of the reason for that was because of all the weight I'd gained, uh, you know, since I was a child. Um, and yeah, they don't make roller coasters for uh, for people of size. And uh, yeah, that was uh, so. About four years ago, I went to Cedar Point, which is a, a famous. Uh, roller coaster park in northern Ohio, and uh, 
and this was this is at the beginning of my weight loss journey, so I could not go on many of the roller coasters. It was kind of set. Um, when I went back the next time, um, probably two years later, um, yeah, I could ride all the roller coasters. Um, and yeah, I can. And, and actually, it's funny because and so why that relates to the story that I just told about about our stupid government is uh yeah i'm i'm actually trying to get on my driver's license in which my driver's license pictures and my passport pictures don't look anything like me anymore right uh, because they were taken before i lost all the weight i'd lost um i'd actually like my driver's license to a look like me and b actually have an accurate weight for a change huh. um it was never accurate when i weighed what i did and it's not you know it's definitely not accurate now so um so yeah this is so i'm actually so even though my driver's license doesn't expire for you know almost another year um yeah i wanted to get it renewed because i was looking forward to putting that uh, putting that nice lower number on my on my weight but hell yeah oh anyway just uh that that's enough china is asshole <laughs> amen fist bump amen right on man get that uh update update the weight campaign going this next caller has precise updated weights of all items in her home I haven't hit it yet. Oh, hit but it. But I will. Hit it, hit it. <laughs> uh, good evening. In good evening. The bowl. So, hi. <clears throat> Thank you for taking my suggestion for FTIE. Yeah. And I can tell you I don't remember exactly what age I was when I first rode a roller coaster of any real validity. Not those little kitty ones, but... <laughs> A gigantic high in the sky roller coaster. Yeah. Oh my god! One that you poop your pants. And in. I'm pretty sure it was constructed of wood. Yeah. I was definitely a an adolescent, and uh, I think in my preteens. Uh, and it was Six Flags Great America in the Chicagoland area, which you have to go pretty far out to get to. Um, in the burbs. <laughs> Uh, I could tell you even back then, which uh, was the, I'd say, <laughs> late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, late 80s. Um, It was a long-ass motherfucking wait. So. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say like two hours in line for one fucking ride. What? And um, I felt like it was worth it at the time, but it's yeah. it's not. It's when a lot a of kid, standing you know. around and in the hot sun. And um, I was super duper nervous, but I was also really excited. And I can tell you, I did not expect what would happen yeah. once we started our descent after we reached the peak or whatever you call that. <laughs> The first peak, yeah. way high up, looking down at the people that looked like, maybe not like insects, but, oh, God, indistinguishable features. And I looked down. I thought, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> and it was, but I had no idea what would happen uh, to my body. Uh-huh. Unlike the others who were screaming in delight with their arms in the air, <laughs> I was I was deadlocked because what happens when I start to go down at a rapid um, decline, my stomach drops, <laughs> drops. And so uh, every time I tried to explain how that felt to people, 
I just called it, I said, it's like, it's like a really strong tickle. It's a really strong tickle. It's like, I'm very ticklish. And that's what it feels like when my stomach drops or it doesn't actually feel like, damn it, Janet. (laughs) You know, I wasn't paying attention to the time and God forbid I actually leave a succinct and short and sweet voice messages. I don't see it happening anytime in the near future. No worries, Mike. Or in my lifetime, for that matter. So, <laughs> to continue, uh, to conclude, yeah, it feels like, uh, it doesn't actually feel like my stomach is dropping. It feels like it's going upwards into my, into my chest cavity. <laughs> and, uh, it's such an intense feeling of tickling or whatever you call that sensation. Yeah. Right um, in the solar plexus. Like a, like a, um, what do you call that? A contract? No. You know what I mean? Like a contract. When it contracts. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm yeah. deadlocked and I just was like, oh God! And I had to hold my breath. <laughs> and, um, it was, you know, it was great. I mean, it's exciting. It's just that my body goes immobile and I can't move anything. Like even my head. I'm just locked in that sensation. It, it just takes over almost my entire body but i i liked it i liked it (laughs) i just couldn't and i was like how how are these other people able to scream i can't even open my mouth and make a sound because i'm clenched in this this feeling and uh they're able to move around and put their arms in there and like i don't know what you're experiencing but that's definitely not what's happening in me so um, <laughs> it's great though and uh, I've ridden uh, other roller coasters since but uh, oh at least at least 25 years I'd say I haven't been on a roller coaster in so fucking long oh, I can't do it anyway anymore. blah 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 blah, 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 blah on she goes <laughs> where she stops nobody knows and I have uh, oh look I've filled up another two and a half minutes. Yay. <laughs> so thank you. I, I look forward to hearing your stories if you've ridden roller coasters. Mm. And uh, maybe something more exciting, uh, the voicemails, maybe some more exciting stories and at other amusement parks. Yeah. Other than the one I grew up with, Great America. We're all about excitement. And, uh, yeah. yeah, some exciting. of those old wooden ones, man, especially along the coast. Ah, oh, I can just imagine. Anyway, uh, good night, and uh, I, I hope you like this little story. It takes forever to tell you. Yes. I love you. Love yeah. you. Have fun. Have a great show. Mwah. In the bowl. In the bowl. <clears throat> Smooches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you messed up, quirk Because now when we meet you, we're going to tickle you. Uh-oh. You've spoiled your secret. <laughs> They're ticklish. It's out. Never gonna forget. Never gonna forget. I'll probably tickle this next caller when we meet her too. Lorian. Hey. Spencer. Hello. 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 Hi. Hello. How's it going? I hope every everyone's doing well. Baby John. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Um, I wanted to tell you about my. First time I ever rolled on a a roller coaster. Let's hear it. It was it was called the Scrambler. Ooh. And this is on a place called Center Centerville. I think it's Center Island. 
Well, they, I guess they called the place Centerville. It was a, it's a peninsula or a, an island off of the mainland of Toronto, Canada. So you get on a, a get on a ferry. So you don't want to go on the other side because unless you're prepared to go to the clothing optional beach, which is a different place. I'm, I'm prepared. On another part of the island. I'm very prepared. But the, I went there as a kid to, not to the, not to the, Clothing optional beach, oh, no, sure. um, to, <laughs> to, the to Center side. Island, yes, Centerville, where they had the Scrambler, and it was an indoor roller coaster, and it was all in the dark oh, too. Whoa. So we were we were spinning, so it's all spinning around. Oh, and I I I talk with my <laughs> hands, so so I went ahead and and just uh, just just knocked over the pop screen. On, on the microphone as you do. So you get on the roller coaster and you're spinning around and it's all in the dark. And I think I went on that thing like 10 times <laughs> nice. with all my friends because it was one of those um, extracurricular activities where the teachers go ahead and take you to, you know, away from school. Badass, yeah. Field, Maybe it's so they trip. can smoke joints. On the island, Probably or maybe did. they went to that uh, that clothing optional beach. That's possible too. Never know with them teachers. Well, I hope I hope uh, you you both are having a great time in the bowl. Always love you both. Love you, mean it. Love you. Love you, mean it. Yeah, we're always having a great time. You know who else has a great time? This next color. There's any number of roller coasters that could have been my first. Uh, distributed between that is a big ass oh I thought that was a spider spider stop attacking our collars oh it's a shadow any Never number mind. of uh, roller coasters distributed between Carowinds on the border of North and South Carolina and Busch Gardens Williamsburg where I ended up working a, a number of years later whether it be the Scooby Doo roller coaster for kids which is always a lot of fun uh, they rebranded it because they lost the Hanna-Barbera license back in the 2000s, and uh, everything switched over to Nickelodeon. Um, there was the Hurler, which is always one of my favorites. The uh, Kim Mitchell song, Might As Well Go For a Soda, played on repeat all the time. I always love that song. The song takes me straight back. Everything is Wayne's World theme there. Like they had the um I forget the name of the fucking diner in the show but or in the movie stands. Uh I'm I'm ashamed that I'm blanking on it right now, but they had Wayne's excuse me, Garth's crash car in the plaza with a little water fountain nice. spraying out of it. Um and if it was at Bush Gardens, it could have been the Loch Ness Monster, which was the uh one of the first, if not the first roller coaster to have interlocking uh loops or Drakken Fire, which I, there's pictures of me sitting in the car with my sister, and they ended up ripping that out in the late, mid to late 90s, so it never really existed. Uh, Fire was interesting though, because it was one of the only roller coasters that was a sit down that had a bat wing, uh, dropped in the middle of the ride, which is a really brutal maneuver. It's like, if your neck's not in the right place, it's a real neck cruncher um but my favorite 
And sadly, this one disappeared many, many years ago, but one of the cars was just up for auction on eBay, sold for a fuck ton of money. It was called the Big Bad Wolf, Ooh. and it was a suspended roller coaster. Um, it was this really sleek black uh, car with uh, yellow and red pinstripes, a red track, and it was building something, or built, the track was built weaving in and out of this German Bavarian village. Um, and it just dropped, came right out the top of the, uh, it's like the edge of the lake that was there, the um, Reinhardt River, and uh, you drop down, and it's like swinging through the woods, and it's suspended, so you're like swinging from side to side as you're going through. It's a pretty good time. Sounds awesome. I like roller coasters a lot. Um, been to quite a few parks. He hit the he hit the edge. Lots of edging tonight. Smacking on the edge there, y'all. I've brought great shame <laughs> upon my house. A dishonor. For there was a coaster that I forgot to mention. Uh oh. Which definitely would have been one of the first ones. And I'm not sure if I had stated this before, but I was real young, real young. First time we went to either of these parks, I can't remember which one. But there's one that I forgot. And I apologize. It's okay. You can tell us. It was a racing wooden coaster that had two sets of tracks that were mirrored on both sides. Huh. One car went forward. The other car went forward, but was backwards on the track. Huh. It was really cool. It's called Thunder Road. Interesting. Based off the old tales of moonshine bootlegging. Hey! Thunder Road. Yeah. Yeah, we got out of that one. Pretty cool shit. Unfortunately, it was uh, fell to the wayside in favor of the fucking water park. Well, well, you want to like walk around on a fucking theme park with wet ass feet? (laughs) Kind of gross. In the bowl. Yeah, I I know. We have the side by side here. We had the worlds of fun and the oceans of fun. The kind of prefer the water park i'm like a water park kind of guy of course you don't like it you can't even swim <laughs> yeah you know where i fall in this good amusement lord. park all the way good lord i like water slides i like walking around in speedo i don't really mind wet feet especially when you're wearing like your flippy flops that are like you know your waterproof uh your waterproof flip-flops you know your yeah. flippy floppies your flippity floppities yeah I'm just used to the speed. That's like the only uh, swimwear I really have. It's the speedos. Yeah, I'll be like literally the only fucking asshole in a park full of like two thousand, three thousand people or more. Yeah. And uh, oh, that's it. Yeah. The cat calls. The wolf whistles. Mm. All from men. Yeah, I don't know. They can't. I don't know. They can't control themselves. <laughs> what is up with that? Yeah, you know, I'm just like fucking so used to it. Been competitive swimming since I was like nine years old. Speedo life. I don't even remember what I wore to the water park last time. Probably your street clothes, yeah? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no, you know. Just me do out. a water slide. Like, you get to the bottom, you can just stand up. It's like in swimming is a requirement. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is in some parts. Yeah. Not I gotta really. learn someday, but <laughs> yeah, please. I miss swimming. I really do. This next caller misses swimming a whole hell of a lot. 
in the bowl of sweet bowlers. Uh, the first time I ever, <laughs> first time I ever went on a, a roller coaster that went upside down. Uh, I was with my dad. I was a young kid, and I was with my dad, and and I was like, "Oh, dad, we gotta go on that one. That one goes upside down." Yeah. I mean, Spark Labor. I want to go on that roller coaster. My dad was like, "I don't want to go on that." That that one goes upside down. That's terrifying. <laughs> and I was like, no, Dad, we got to do it. We got to do it. And I talked him into it. And then we waited in line. We waited in the line for like, you know, 10, 20 minutes maybe. Yeah. And we finally get up there. And then I fucking, I fucking start pussying out. I'm like, oh, my God, Dad, we can't do it. I, uh -huh. I don't want to go on this. It goes, it goes upside down. We can't do it. <laughs> and my dad was like. Motherfucker. No, he didn't say that, but he was like, we waited in this line. You talked me into it. We're going on this ride. Good. Yeah. Yep. I was like, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> went on the roller coaster, and the both of us loved it. We nice. We had a great, great time, and we got off the roller coaster, and Excellent. the both of us were like, yeah, let's do it again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> let's do it again. And uh, yeah, well, it's really, I, I love that memory. That's a great memory of my dad. That's a great one. Uh, yeah. Fucking roller coasters are so much fun. I grew up by a, 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 an amusement park that just was littered with these psychotic roller coasters. And they had reputations like, oh, you, if you ride that one you know, a couple times, your back is going to start hurting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I miss when we had uh, amusement parks. Those, those used to be cool. Maybe they'll uh, bring them back again. All right. Later. Oh, in the bowl. Later in the bowl. Later in the bowl. Oh. Lavish and his dad riding the coaster. They had a great goddamn time. You just gotta try it. I'm glad it, yeah. That's a good move. That's a good dad move to just be like, no, 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 no. Your ass <laughs> is getting on that thing. Yeah. <sighs> I wish they would have made me go up in the arch when I was a little kid, but I got there eventually. Just like this collar made it to our voicemail box eventually. Appreciate that. I'll pass it back to you. Oh, thank you. Thank um, you. Hey guys, in the ball, this is I screw it. Um, in the ball, yeah. The first, uh, the first roller coaster that I ever rode was a roller coaster in Memphis, Tennessee, called the Zippin' Pippin'. Um, it was supposedly uh, Elvis's favorite ride. Uh, he apparently would he would rent uh, he would rent the whole fucking place out. The whole Liberty Land is actually the the park that it was uh, that had this roller coaster, and uh, which is at the fairgrounds in, in the middle of Memphis, and. Uh, uh, Apparently, back in the day, Elvis would rent this this thing out, uh, or would rent the whole park out, so he could ride the zipping pippin over and over again. It was an old wooden roller coaster, and actually is. Um, I actually just I had to look it up to see if it was to see what happened to it because they disassembled Liberty Land, um, and now it's in. Let's see where the fuck is it's in Green Bay, Wisconsin, or some shit like that. So anybody who's up by oh, Green Bay or in Green Bay, um, check that shit out. Gummy it's, nerds. It's an old ass wooden roller coaster. It's fucking terrifying. Um, I mean, I was a kid. I was all I was all about some adrenaline, I guess. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, they they you get in this rickety ass looking old fucking pine roller coaster and. They put this like what looks what looks like a, a piece of black metal conduit <laughs> across your waist, <laughs> yeah. and as a skinny ass kid, I it was there wasn't a seatbelt, it wasn't there wasn't anything really holding you into the fucking car except your white knuckles um, <laughs> or your fingers <laughs> yeah. on which you had 
well, paler than, well, anyway, I'm going to get all woke about it. Anyway, um, yeah, it was a fucking scary ass roller coaster. Uh, but the, uh, but the neatest one that I ever rode probably, um, not that that was the question, but the neatest one that I ever rode was, uh, called Chaos and it was at Liberty Land in Nashville. And it wasn't like a scary roller coaster. It didn't do any fast dips, any, any like, it didn't do the tink, 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 tink cut you loose and let you wait for a second and see your fate rushing right up to meet you kind of bullshit. It yeah. was like, um, it was like a ride in a, it was in, all inside of a, a big dark room and they had these projection screens and, and pipes that would pretend to burst. And it was like, Oh, you're running out of time. You're running out of time. And, uh, and it was, it, it was a wild ride and it wasn't scary, but it was, Fucking fun. Nice. In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. We had one on the, uh, we had one on the, uh, God, what, what the fuck am I trying to say? This, it was like a tornado. One of those indoor rides. Oh, that's still where there. Where it's like simulates the tornado. At, uh, Worlds of Fun? Did I make you ride that one? Oh, no, I made you ride it. You don't you like made spinny me things. It. I love spinny things. It was spinny and then it's like indoors and the dark, so you're not really sure where the hell you can feel where you're going, but you're not sure where the heck that is and how close to the wall you are. And oh, it's all insane, crazy Black lit stuff, and yeah, messes with your perceptions for sure. Crazy beans, and it crazy goes beans. Forward and then throws you backwards. We got another. Uh, I just called in so I could hit it again. Yeah. But but since I'm here, rehit. Um, this one probably doesn't count, but I kind of want to know if anybody remembers this, uh, other than me. I also used to ride roller coasters on the daily um, because I had this I had this floppy disk game that was it was put out by Disney uh, and it was called creatively enough coaster and you could build your this was before roller coaster tycoon it was before anything looked like anything on a com- fucking computer <laughs> but goddamn you could sit there and build your own roller coasters. You could, you know, you could put the could stick a ramp somewhere and put different angles on it. You could, you could do all kinds of bullshit nice. on it, especially for a game that came on one fucking floppy disk, um, or floppy diskettes rather, the non-floppy <laughs> floppies. Right. Um, yeah, it was called Coaster. It was the fucking shit, at least for the time. <sighs> uh, yeah, that's all I got. Bet. Yeah, man, my cousins had Sim Coaster, and I wanted it so bad, but I only had a Mac. There's not that many Sim games for Mac. Piss me off! You had to have a PC. I never had no PC. I couldn't play Roller Coaster Tycoon or Sim Coaster or Sim Copter. I really wanted to play that one. Looks so fun. You're just like a medevac helicopter. You like pick up dead dudes and take them to the hospital. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Dang. I never saw that one. Awesome. I wanted it so bad it hurt my soul. <laughs> but yeah, that was the callers. Man, that was a great lineup. Um, what are we doing for next week? First time I ever. Next week's first time ever is going to be what Fletcher suggested when he was hanging out on Bulls with Buds. First time I ever got kicked out of a classroom. Uh oh. Because we know there's plenty of bowlers out of there that have been kicked out of a classroom. They're no stranger to the danger. Maybe acting a fool in class or or whatnot. So we want to hear from you next week. But the first time you ever got kicked out of class. And uh, that brings us to one only thing. Only one thing left to do. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Go bowling, baby. Let's go bowling. Let's go bowling.
So the South American penis snake was found in Florida. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Starting things off heavy. Yeah, it's not a snake. It's not a worm. But rather a Sicilian. A Sicilian, you say? A Sicilian, I say. Say. Not a Sicilian, <laughs> not a Sicilian, but a Sicilian. A Sicilian. C-A-E-C-I-L-I-A-N. Okay. The hell is that? Uh, let's see. This says, the ringed Sicilian has dental glands that may be homologous to the venom glands of some snakes and lizards. Sicilians, that was a fun fact. Sicilians uh, <laughs> are a group of limbless vermiform or serpentine amphibians. Okay. They look weird. They look very weird. Not not like a penis or a not snake, really. Right. That's Maybe like an elephant trunk that got cut off. Yeah, well, you know, if you start seeing some other photos of it where it's zoomed out, you can start to kind of see the penis thing. Maybe a little bit. Mm, I hope not. I hope that doesn't even look kind of like a penis <laughs> to you. <laughs> Maybe like an eel with no face. There's one where it's got like a uh, defined yeah. head. Oscar, it says, looks like an eel. Yeah, I agree. Eel with no face. That's what I think. Faceless eel. Penis snake. Give me a break. This is the, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel for animal names now. Yeah, well, that's just a nickname. Freaky penis snakes. <laughs> Freaky penis snake. Thank you. That's the nice. headline. That's the headline. Yeah. So they like uh, slow-moving bodies of warm, shallow water with aquatic vegetation. Oh, yeah. Grow to be about two feet long. The one that they caught died in captivity because they didn't know what to feed it. But then they go on to say it's not picky about what it eats. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> poor. They must have been very uncreative then. Poor Cecilian. Yeah, put it back. If you don't know what you're doing, just put it back in the fucking ocean or wherever you found the shit. <laughs> God. You don't yeah. need a penis snake. Well, a couple moved into a Pennsylvania farmhouse they bought in the winter, and come to find out, there were 450,000 bees living in the walls. Oh, God, no. Please, no. That's too many fucking bees. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, guess what? They didn't conduct an inspection when they bought the house. Terrible idea. Because they idea. wanted to move quickly. Don't do they it. They couldn't believe they were finding land in the school zone that they wanted their child to yeah. go to. So they bought it, didn't inspect, just bought it. And the seller's disclosure said bees in wall. Oh, my God, really? Yes. <laughs> so what happened is the previous oh, no. owner... Couldn't afford the cost of removing the bees, so she sold the home. Oh my god! Yeah, it cost them twelve grand to have them removed. Yeah, and uh, the general contractor they hired is also a beekeeper, so he did relocate them to his honey farm. Oh well, that's nice. Um, he said that there were three colonies living in the home for about thirty-five years. Oh my god! Yes, again, four hundred and fifty thousand bees. Right. Wow. Bees in wool. If you read that on a seller's disclosure, dude, I'm telling you right now, it's called a nightmare. No joke. Anything on the seller's disclosure is actually 10 times worse than what you're reading. Bees in wool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like we fully disclosed it by writing bees in wool. We just didn't mention it was every wall and hundreds of thousands that of would bees. Be, that would be rough, though, if you're, if you're like just touring it in winter and they're like dormant, yeah. you know? Exactly. It's like you just wake up and you start seeing bees all oh, over the place. You're like, am I just bees. having a uh, 
You know, like, is the house haunted or something? You know, Get those just... bees out of my wall. Oh, my God. Out of my wall. Yeah. Unless you can, like, quarantine them off, just keep them in the wall, and uh, have, like, a honey drip. Ooh, it might be worth it for the honey. Mm. I'll like, like if, honey, if you though. Can figure out a way to make it work. But I wouldn't want to be uh, surrounded on all sides by bees, personally, uh, and live inside their house. No. Not going to happen. The buzzing would be enough to make me start shooting holes in the wall. Yeah. No doubt. I know. You get mad when the baby drinks milk in the middle of the night. <laughs> gulp. Gulp. Where's my ear pugs? Oh, uh, fuck. Well. Someone might have been shouting, where's my possum in Colombia? Because a possum found his way to the top of a utility pole and was stranded. So the Colombian police went out and actually rescued him. He was very tangled in the cables, though. So it was a process, but man, he's uh, fine and back in his natural habitat now. Lucky possum. No doubt. I would say. I just wonder if he just played dead when they went up there. You know, maybe they're like, ah, oh, it's a dead possum. Yeah, they're playing possum. Possums are not awesome. No, oh. there's some ugly some bitches. Yeah, and there's a lot of them. There are a lot for sure. Yep. Well, a rare set of identical triplets was born at the University of oh, Pennsylvania Hospital. We didn't give the possum the strike. Sorry. Oh, strike for the possum. Strike for the possum. You made it. Good job, possum. Yeah. I'm sorry. This is a one in 200 million birth scenario. Okay. Identical triplets, I guess. Wow. From the same egg, sharing the same placenta with three separate amniotic sacs. I guess that's a triple strike, then. It's a triple strike, I suppose. It's a turkey right there. Yeah, they were born at 34 weeks and five days, which is pretty good for carrying triplets. I would... Uh, venture to guess and they all each of them weighed over five pounds huh so the parents had two older daughters they went from being a two daughter household to being a five daughter household oh my goodness <laughs> and uh they're painting the baby's toenails to tell them apart can you imagine if we went in to the ultrasound and instead of johnny for a third it was three more girls Woof. yeah oof. that would have been a woof moment dude that would have been a woof moment. I mean, we would have handled it like pros oh, that we yeah. are, but, but, <laughs> gee, many Christmas, dude. Yeah. I, yeah, I really wanted a boy, so I would have been a little bummed, but, you know. It worked out. Not like those parents out. who throw a tantrum when they find out oh, their gender no, is no, not no, what no, they're no, wishing for. Because no, no. <laughs> all my kids are awesome, so. That's right. But, yeah, babies rule. Yeah, so that was a wild one. So rare that the University of Pennsylvania called the couple and asked to uh, have them as a, a clients. I don't know. You know, they wanted to do all of the checkup appointments and watch the whole pregnancy progress and then deliver the babies there. Right. And they're even keeping in touch to keep data on the girls, basically, as they grow. Oh, they got them. We must study them. We must study them. That's right. Are they going to do one gets... All the vaccines, one gets half the vaccines, one gets none of the vaccines. You know, they didn't get into their uh, medical decisions, medical plans <laughs> on the news channel. That would they be were, an interesting little study. With the newborns, I think they're just trying to figure it out still. They'll vax them all to death, I know. Oh, gosh. Jeez, way to just give up on them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what everyone does. Not everybody, not everybody. 
So there are some mysterious nasty bug bites appearing on people in uh, Arlington County. Oh. Out east. It's got health officials stumped. They don't know what it is. What's causing it? They're itchy bug bites, like a lot of bug bites. They kind of look like a mosquito bite. Starts uh, swelling up. But then it doesn't really stop swelling. And it gets all these little red dots around it. And some of them turn into lumps, like hard lumps. Um, But they're itchy. And you can't itch it. That's all that the health uh, department's been able to say. Just don't Don't itch itch it it. because you might infect it. Now, their best guess is that it's a type of mite, the pie moats. And uh, they eat oak trees and cicada eggs. So, you know, with the cicada cycle, it would make sense, I suppose. Terrible, dude. I hate bug bites. Yeah, I'm not not fond of bug bites myself. I don't like it, not at all. Especially Um, the ones that swell up. Like, There's some spider bites I've gotten, like on a leg. Turns into like a big, nasty... I don't know what that you got to drain. Oof. Ugh. No, thank you. No, thank you. That bugs me. But. <laughs> I'm sorry. This guy doesn't bug me. He caught a record setting swordfish. Oh. Off the Ocean City coast in Maryland. Nice work. During a fishing tour, nonetheless. Uh, yeah, the swordfish weighed in at 301 pounds. Damn! That is a hell of a swordfish, my man. Hell of a catch. Way to go. Records. Way to go. Way to go. That's a that's one pound more than perfect for the bull. Yeah, this game's pretty close to perfect so far. Getting there. Isn't it? The bug bites kind of. Oh, the bug bites. Yeah, I know. Threw me a weird one, but and the bees that's in the wall. Uh, All the bug stories are just yeah. no good today. But other than that, we did have a turkey. I thought I'm. That's right. I'm right. living on that turkey. <laughs> Identical triplets there. We can get down on that for sure. Uh, so pilots near LAX X have been warned to be on the lookout yep. for possible jetpack man. I seen that. I seen that he was back again, perhaps, yeah. possibly. The sighting started last year, I guess. Yep. He's around 5,000 feet in the air. Oh, and... Uh, I want to be Jetpack Man so bad. Right? So, yeah, I didn't know the FBI is looking into it as well as the FAA. And uh, they seem to think Jetpack technology is capped at about 3,000 feet. But your dad had on some TV show the other day, Modern Marvels. Modern Machines. And they, or yeah, or something like that on the old History Channel. And they had, uh, well, those paragliders, they were up to 18,000 feet, right? Yeah, but this is a jetpack guy. This so is this a is a jetpack guy. And so their hypothesis is that it's some kind of drone carrying a mannequin. Huh. Which to me just sounds way too far fetched. They wish. No, it's a, it's jet a jetpack pack, man. man. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And some of the uh pilot radios are like, no, they had no a, sign of Iron they Man. They had a video of it last year. Somebody caught him on video. It's definitely a jetpack man. No doubt. No we doubt. If you haven't know. seen the video, oh my god. I want to be Jetpack Man so bad. In fact, the fact that all these feds and douchebags are like trying to figure out what the fuck is going on and they don't know 
makes me want to be Jetpack Man that much more. <laughs> oh my god. Wouldn't that be badass? Like, you got all these fucking security clearance, take your shoes off, hokey pokey, you gotta do it at the airport. No, fuck no, not if you're Jetpack Man. You just jump up into the sky and go where the fuck you wanna go. End of story. Jetpack Man! If you can't do it, no one can. Oh my god, here's Wait. another one for you, man. Keep packing them jets, baby. We are all Jetpack Man. <laughs> jetpack Man, send me your 3D print plans, dog. <laughs> Spencer at bullafterbull.com, dude. We can go sky dancing together. I'll buy you Chipotle. Uh, so a dog that was missing for two years was spotted on a TV news segment. Oh. And returned home. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, he was on one of those adopt a pet morning show spots, you know, and a uh, dude was like, "That's my freaking dog." Called in, went to go pick up the dog, and posted a video of the dog totally recognizing his wife. Nice. And just freaking out, they're all freaking out. Dog's name was Payday. Payday. <laughs> I guess Payday came again, huh? Yep. Wow. Payday came through. So now you gotta wonder, was that guy watching the? Uh, adopted dog channel like for most of those two years after the dog went missing or did he just happen to be turning it on that day we may never know they didn't ask him that, that question. would just be crazy yeah you just happen to see the spot you're like that's my dog like, look look there he is because if you didn't watch that day you'd be screwed it's payday wow yeah you got to keep an eye on them dogs man yeah they will run They'll run so far away. <laughs> so a Texas tollway found a wedding dress on its roadside, and now they're looking for the owner. It wasn't just stripped and thrown off willy-nilly. It was in a box, and it had some documents in it that suggest it's about 20 years old. So, yeah, if you were uh, driving through Texas, maybe moving, maybe dropped your wedding dress box you know check check for your wedding dress they're holding it for 90 days for you <laughs> better get back there quick man it's yours yeah get in touch roadside wedding dress and my final story on the lanes tonight is that workers digging a well in a backyard in sri lanka found the world's largest sapphire cluster <sighs> It was 1,124 pounds, or two and a half million carats. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, they tested it and found out they're all high-quality star sapphires, too, what? in that cluster. So, oh, yeah. my God! <laughs> could be, star uh, sapphires? Yeah, could be worth up to $100 million on the oh, international market. And I said, It's that worth all? more than that. If they're stars, dude, it's worth more than that. Yeah, that's what I think. Over a half ton of high-quality star sapphires? Get the fuck out of town, bro. One more. Oh, my God. Unbelievable, dude. Wow, you've just wowsed me at the end of the bowl there. It was pretty good, other than the uh, bugs. I can tell you, man, if I found... 1,100 pounds of uh, star sapphires. I can tell you at least a chunk of that is just walking away with me. Give me a break. Yeah. 
Star sapphires. Fucking gorgeous, dude. They're beautiful. I'm keeping them. Well, we're keeping this bowl, man. That's for sure. We've had a great one tonight. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Everybody listening live on the No Agenda stream or on the bowl stream. We will be here next Tuesday, same time, same stations. Till then, I'm Spencer, Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. You may know me as Dame DeLorean and Baby Wolf Cub John here, of course. Until next Token Tuesday, may your bowls burn ever brighter. Wow, I am really high. If you're into baking, it's kind of passion. Man, don't you keep up with current events? Weed ain't illegal no more, nigga. Wikipedia says weed is still illegal.